on. I'm on three seats. Look, there goes the game. You're listening to a summer edition of Ithaca Now. WICB's weekly news program focused on stories in the Ithaca community. I'm your host, Himadri Seth, and thanks for joining us. On tonight's show, we'll be talking to an actor and Ithaca College alumni, Michael Neil Palmer, about his new Amazon Prime show, Salty Pirate, and how CBD may be able to help with epilepsy. But up first, WICB News Director Jay Bradley spoke to Shelley Lester of the Cornell Cooperative Extension to talk about how the pandemic has affected their rural youth summer programs. I'm sure I don't need to reiterate that everything has been changed due to the pandemic. And of course, this affects recreational services. However, some of the groups that run them are still going strong. One of these being the Cornell Cooperative Extension's Rural Youth Services. I am Shelley Lester, the Rural Youth Services Coordinator um, at Tompkins County Cooperative Extension. And what they do a is... A very unique system in which the, the county contributes allocations to municipalities within Tompkins County, and they match the allocations to provide youth development programming within their own municipality that fits the needs of their municipality. And um, it's called Rural Youth Services because a lot of the intent is to have programs right in their communities and not have them come to Ithaca for things. Although we do serve youth in the town of Ithaca. In a typical summer, they would usually have programming. Three to four days a week. um, And it's generally pretty much six to seven hours a day. Um, We have one program educator. For each municipality. And these programs have... Week-long themes. And a lot of the times it's around um, nature, education, environmental education, skills, and those types of things. But not always. Programs take place pretty much every week throughout the summer. But obviously it's not a typical summer. We scrambled and we brought together online programming for our participants. Registration had to be changed. Train staff in Zoom. These are staff that are well-versed in outdoor education. So that was something for them to adapt to, um, teaching outdoor skills (laughs) through a screen. But they did it and have been offering programs online the last few months. But in June... We had a soft start of in-person programs following the CDC guidelines and the New York State Department of Health. And now they're in their second week of introducing in-person programs. The Rural Youth Services have a hybrid program that's both in-person and online. Youth meet with their educators in their own town and do various activities and... um, Then they have Zoom meetings in the afternoon. Um, The Zooms are a combination of all the programs in the county. So the youth are actually together on the Zoom with people from all over the county, other students. And um, it's going to be going great. They really love it. They usually have some collaborative activities between the different towns and programs, but it's never been like this. The youth really do enjoy having those collaborative programs in the summer and making friends from across the county, and that's pretty neat to see. The really cool thing is all the educators have been taking turns with Zoom meetings, 
um, teaching different things to the youth. And so just to see all the educators together and all their different skill sets and the different ways that they go about things has been really exciting for them themselves and also for the youth. That's one of the greatest parts of it. And now they've pretty much figured out how to come together. So we have one more week of soft start because we wanted to make sure that our our safety guidelines and all of our practices that we put in place were actually doable, work out any kinks. The staff has had to step up for this. They really did what we ask kids to do a lot in our programs, which is come outside of their comfort zone and learn something new and and realize you can be successful outside of your comfort zone. And and they did that wonderfully. Um, just adapting to screens. These aren't people, you know, these are people that are out in the field. They're normally outside working as much as they can. They adapted to sitting in front of a computer, learning all the Zoom techniques, learning different tricks of presenting on camera. They made their own like tripods out of things they had around the house, um, experimented how they could go outside and teach while they're on. It just really went above and beyond to be able to provide programming for kids when it was online. There's a lot of things at play. Keeping physical distancing, screening, taking temperatures, keeping hands cleaned, disinfecting. But despite all the work it takes, many of these kids haven't seen other kids in months, according to Shelly. And these kids are... Um, They're just so genuinely happy. Um, And that, I can't underline that enough. They, They care about the content of the program, but honestly, they're just so happy to be together. Um, everybody is affording them time to just talk to one another and um, socialize and, you know, because in person, obviously with the correct distance between them. But yeah, I have, um, I have been in this business, this field for a long time, and I've seen a lot of happy kids, but there's a difference this time. They're, they just... They're willing to go along with pretty much anything, you know, uh, whatever the program content is, they're just so happy to be out out with their program educators and their friends. And so that's been truly rewarding for everyone that's been involved to see that, see that. And if you have kids in your life still looking for summer activities, the co-op's rural youth services are still getting a whole whole brand new brand new menu out for August. And so they will be able to sign up and that should be coming out within the next week. All of that information will be found on the Cornell Cooperative Extension's Tompkins County website, cce.tompkins.org. And you can stay updated by following them on social media. Despite all the challenges, some groups in Tompkins, like the Co-op's Rural Youth Services, are really stepping up so that kids can still get some of that summer joy back. For WICB News, I'm Jay Bradley. You're listening to Ithaca Now on WICB. I'm your host, Himadri Seed. I'm sure we're all looking for something new to watch right now with social distancing still defining our lives for the anticipated future. Michael Neil Palmer is an Ithaca College alumni and stars in the new Amazon Prime series, Salty Pirate, which can be streamed right now. Hey Jay, it's Michael Palmer. Yeah, nice to talk to you. Hi, sweet. So I guess just tell the audience about Salty Pirate. What is it? 
Right, yeah, man. So, Salty Pirate, uh, it's a new show on uh, Amazon Prime and the Ficto app, uh, which is a mobile-based streaming app. Uh, it's about two young entrepreneurs who go into business together and start a design typeface company. And uh, their business grows, and they start to face challenges that come with running a company, and it starts to jeopardize their business relationship. And, yeah, they go through a lot and start to struggle. So, yeah, it's not about <laughs> real pirates. No, not at all, no. And so I was looking at it on Amazon Prime, and I noticed the episodes are, you know, pretty short. Uh, so what was the idea behind that? Yeah, so uh, we were really targeting the um, that new sort of uh, form of, of quick mobile-based streaming. You know, Quibi uh, has come out with those quick shows that you can binge and uh, we were really going after that market and we, we got on the Ficto app which uh, is, is all mobile based streaming like that um, and it's a new sort of short form media content that's sort of up and coming so tell me about uh, your character in it tell me about like what he does and what you've gone through to play that character yeah so uh, Zach or uh, Zachariah Glenn Denon, his full name. Uh, he's a Midwestern uh, from Ohio and uh, sort of comes into New York City pretty naive and ambitious and uh, is is really passionate about designing typeface. And he has this idea that he can come into New York City and create good typeface design and sort of conquer that business. And like I said, he's pretty naive at it. So, so these sort of ideal dreams uh, kind of backfire and hit him in the face when he really starts to come up against other big players and big industry people and people with more money and more power. And so it was pretty fun to dive into because I really looked at it as sort of a, a coming-of-age story of Zach sort of through his business. And, you know, businesses go through these sort of growth cycles uh, and and go through a similar process. And, and it was really neat to kind of dive into it that way and, and sort of show how he grows through this company and uh, develops and sort of, uh, I would say, the, the shade kind of are, are pulled out from him and he sort of sees what people are really capable of in New York and uh, just in business itself. And have you done anything like this in the past, like, you know, any bigger, like Amazon Prime or anything like that sort of thing before? Is this a newer experience for you? No, this is definitely a new experience. I, I had, up until this point, I had been doing sort of uh, smaller web series and NYU films and student films uh, throughout New York and some plays uh, here and there. And um, this opportunity came up, and uh, it was a lot to tackle because, uh, you know, my character is the lead. He's in every single scene pretty much and uh, sort of drives the story. And uh, I definitely felt the, you know, the, the weight on my shoulders throughout it, but uh, I had such a great cast to work with, and um, Jean Luc, who plays Callum, you know, uh, really kind of helped me along through that process. And, and uh, he's he's Zach's business partner through the show. You know, Charles Payne, who was our director, really uh, was a, a big help in 
kind of letting me do what I could with the character and, and help push me along and, and kind of didn't put too much pressure on me. But yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun though. All right. And uh, what year did you graduate Ithaca? Yeah, I graduated it uh, in 2016. Uh, I was a vocal performance major, um, which uh, was pretty interesting. I, I went in wanting to pursue opera, but I remember my sophomore year, I, uh, I took an acting one course for non-majors uh, with with Jennifer Herzog, and uh, she really changed everything for me. And, and it was the first time I had read a play or, or even done a monologue and analyzed it and studied it. And I remember she gave me a, a monologue from the play Red Light Winter by Adam Rapp. And uh, it, it really changed everything. And then from there, I started pursuing musical theater and acting. And uh, I, I thank Carol McCamus, who, um, who kind of allowed me to pursue other things uh, while I was still a vocal major and let me do musical theater songs uh, in my in my studies and in my juries and in my uh, recitals and even do monologues in my recitals, which was pretty unheard of. And I don't think other programs would have allowed me to do that. And then Brian Damaris, uh, who was the music director at the time for the operas and the musicals, kind of introduced me to other professors over at Dillingham. And Kathleen Widener cast me in her, her uh, straight play, uh, As You Like It, the main stage play. And... Uh, you know, I, I had a great experience at it, and uh, they, they really allowed me to pursue whatever I wanted. So, yeah, you had a bit of a different experience then uh, than yeah. a normal, like, actor from Ithaca, as, you know... You oh, were, for sure. You were a Whalen student <laughs> instead of yeah. Dillingham. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, like I said, like, I don't think other programs would have really helped facilitate that. And uh, I sort of just, by knocking on professors' doors, got them to... To open opportunities for me and uh, you know I, I, I really loved my experience there and, and obviously it's, uh, it's kind of paid off and it helped along the way for sure <laughs> and on a bit of a different note um, what's it yeah. been like in you know recent months um, to work as an actor primarily during you know the pandemic what have like the challenges been like for you yeah uh, it's been it's been difficult, um, and everything's been so up in the air. Um, you know, with acting, I also uh, freelance as a musician and guitarist. And actually, when all of this sort of came down, I was up in um, New Hampshire playing guitar for the pit of Mamma Mia at the Palace Theater up there. And uh, you know, we were two weeks into our run, and we got the call. We were in rehearsal to uh, go on that night and um, we got the call that they were shutting down and that Broadway had closed and our president declared uh, pandemic and uh, they were pretty much like pack your things and, and get out with the liability, uh, you know, and, and, and they were very gracious the way they handled everything, you know. And uh, yeah, since then it's kind of just been completely up in the air. I mean, I know uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, are doing more, you know, trying to get some Zoom-based productions, and, and um, I'm sure from here on out we're going to see a lot more of, uh, of self-submission, uh, self-taping auditions, and, 
not in-person auditions and uh it's a changing industry and it's going to be interesting to see where everything goes in, in the next three years even so you know i'll keep you all up to date but uh as of now it's, uh, it's been uh kind of chaotic yeah so do you have anything on the you know obviously the far horizon but do you have anything in the future for any projects you're working on right now? Uh, nothing quite down the pipeline yet. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much a free agent at this moment, but, uh, you know, we're doing press right now for Salty Pirate, obviously, and um, we're hoping to get another season here soon, and uh, hopefully we can get the ball rolling on that uh, while everything's still uh, kind of in lockdown. All right, so once again for the audience, give a quick... What is Salty Pirate, and where can they find it? Yeah, so Salty Pirate is a new uh, short-form media series on Amazon Prime and the Fixo app. Uh, it's about two young entrepreneurs who are starting their company, and uh, they're facing a lot of challenges along the way. All right, Michael, thank you for reaching out. It was fun to talk to you. Uh, thanks, Jay. I really appreciate it. Yeah, have a nice day. Yeah, thanks, man. That was news director Jay Bradley speaking to Michael Neal Palmer, an Ithaca College alumni starring in the new Amazon Prime series, Salty Pirate. You're listening to Ithaca Now on WICB. I'm your host, Himadri Seth. Up next, we will be taking a look at the surprising thing that has helped people with epilepsy, a neurological disorder marked by sudden recurring episodes of sensory disturbance, loss of consciousness or convulsions, these are associated with abnormal electrical activity in the brain. WICB correspondent Antonio Fermi reports. CBD's popularity has risen alongside the controversial legalization of marijuana. Doctors are recommending it and many people are self-prescribing it. Everyone's got some new use for CBD, but it's out there and being taken by a lot of different people with no real guidelines in place. It seems like we hear about CBD all the time. People are buying lotions, edibles, they're vaping it. You can find it in everything from shampoo, mascara, lip balm, and bath bombs to coffee, chocolate, candy, and gummies. It's basically this kind of free-for-all. There is a lot of ambiguity around CBD, which has been legal nationwide since the Farm Act was passed back in 2018. Many critics of the drug have wondered if this is just another version of marijuana that allows people to get high. But the facts are, CBD is the non-psychoactive portion of the marijuana plant, which essentially means users won't get that euphoric and sedated feeling that they get after smoking THC. So while CBD is still a form of cannabis, it actually contains less than 0.3% THC. Brian Johnson said he believes that CBD is vastly different than just regular marijuana and strongly believes the substance is only going to become more accepted. The difference with CBD is it's able to be legal mainly because there's so many medicinal benefits that they could not keep it away from us. Johnson works at Our Remedies, which is one of Ithaca's newest businesses that opened their doors just last month. The store, whose slogan is Mother Nature Knows Best, claims to offer the highest quality hemp and holistic healing products available in New York, all served by a highly knowledgeable staff of CBD experts in a friendly and inviting atmosphere. There is a larger misconception here, though, one that is especially prominent among frequent THG marijuana users. 
that CBD is nothing more than a placebo. Johnson is a firm believer that this is far from reality. The other misconception is like a placebo. It's definitely not a placebo. If you were to say to like smoke it, and the the difference between smoking like a high THC, which is that's a lot of what pot smokers smoke now, because that's what a lot of growers have been trying to get to. But when you do CBD, it's more like that relaxing part where you're like relieved and just feel relaxed and comfortable with yourself. That's like the quote unquote high that you would get from CBD. Johnson said using CBD products is more of a relief and has way more medicinal benefits, especially by eating it, where it's known to help your blood flow, heal neurological damage, and can even help with epilepsy. He believes in the product. And as a person who has personally experienced epilepsy, anxiety, and a bipolar disorder on a major level for most of his life, he has a personal connection with it. It's definitely helped me with epilepsy. It's helped me get off four pills that I never wanted to be on in the first place. High doses of those pills, too. Uh, it's helped me sleep. It's helped me eat. Just feel, like, okay with myself. You know, when you're on, like, so many pills you don't feel like yourself and you're very slow and down. All those, in my opinion, and a lot of other doctors that have done the research, those pills only hurt you. They only suppress and don't help anything. Johnson only started using CBD around four years ago, but he said he wishes he had started sooner. For many years, I've always felt like cannabis has helped me, but I've also had like doctors and parents and family members be like, it's bad for you, it's making you have seizures. So I didn't smoke maybe as much or I didn't eat as much just because like there's a little fear in me even though I knew mentally like what was good for me. Johnson said that he has had four major epilepsy related incidents at the ages of 11, 18, 25, and then 30. The fourth episode being the worst of them all. At this point, Johnson couldn't even speak, let alone perform many basic tasks that most of us can do without even thinking about it. The fourth time was really bad, really scary. Like losing a lot and having a hard time coming back. So I was like, I'm not going back to doctors ever again. That was so harsh. And I just need to get like away from that and just heal myself. So I did all the research and cannabis was right there in front of me. And I, and I was it's like, well, I better try it. I tried CBD one day at, at the point where I'm getting far gone, where I'm having a hard time concentrating and just like eating and stuff. I ate a little bit, it started helping me a lot already where I even spoke some words I couldn't speak at the time. And so I'm like, all right, this is actually working. And I took a big scoop one day. My memory's so far gone that I actually forgot I took the CBD. So by the time I'm sitting at the table, I'm having a hard time eating. And I'm just like feeling like a moment of real despair, like not suicidal, but just like ready to go. Like, cause I felt like I had nothing to offer. And around that point where I'm having like Tears of despair, the CBD, because I ate a big scoop that day, which I forgot about, it kicked in. And it kicked in like really hard. I went from tears of despair to tears of joy that I never really had before. And I just instantly, like, because of, I think it was because I hadn't been eating so much, it was almost like a long fast. Because I weighed like 40 pounds less than I do now. I don't even weigh that much right now. Right. So because, I think because there was like no food in me, I was fasting. The medicine really worked, and I was just like, I'm going to be okay, I'm hungry, and I'm going to get through this. And ever since then, things have just gotten better and better. I now feel like I'm at the best health I've ever been. I'm not afraid of having seizures ever again. Even if I did have one, 
for some crazy reason, maybe I ate something that just didn't agree with me or something got like put in something that shouldn't have been. I know that all I have to do is have like a strong dose of CBD and I'll be all fine. I just have to eat it more for a while. Johnson said that edibles are his main source of consuming CBD. He believes that edibles are the best way to reap all the medicinal benefits of the product. It goes more in your bloodstream and it stays in you longer and it actually helps you heal. Smoking does help you heal, but it's, it's more like a quick relief thing. And to me, smoking is more of a treat thing. To really medicate, I feel like eating it is the way to go. Johnson said he consumes CBD on a daily basis and couldn't imagine life without it. I start with a high dose, and then like as the days go, I'll just do small doses just to keep that flow. It just feels great. Johnson originally started working on three different hemp farms, but has been working at Our Remedies Ithaca in the Commons since its recent grand opening. He said most customers that come into the store are using CBD to treat anxiety, physical pains, and then a few cases of epilepsy. Johnson said it could be very nerve-wracking for people with epilepsy to try new drugs and prescriptions because they are either reliant on pharmaceutical drugs or, even worse, are scarred from using them in the past. It's kind of scary because you don't want to take risk and, like, and it's hard to get off pills, too, because you have to wean yourself. It's like a slow process. And the thing is, too, like when you're healing, you still have little glitches when you have epilepsy. You Like little moments of freezing, like your thoughts and getting confused. But it starts to go away over time. I just like to be honest about like the experiences I've had and what I've seen. And also trying things on my own. When I visited Johnson at the R Remedy CBD store in the Commons, I watched him recommend different CBD-infused solvent creams to an older gentleman who was having back issues. The man originally seemed really hesitant about the whole concept of CBD, so Johnson allowed him to rub the cream on his back, and within 60 seconds, the man turned to my friends and I and said, holy crap, that really works. Johnson then revealed that he has been using the same product for the past three weeks as he broke a few ribs in a skiing accident. This moment really spoke to his character as he showed how opening up and being honest about his experience with CBD has allowed him to connect with his customers on a personal level. I believe in the medicine because I know what it's done for me and I've done the research and and I know how it can feel when like you're because you have like society and people telling you all these things and propaganda like against these things trying to like build fear in your mind when it's there could be something right in front of you that could help you and you're avoiding it because of the way your life has been and just trying to share the love that I feel and knowledge I feel like it's important to share the knowledge, especially this time when we all need a lot of healing. For WICB News, I'm Antonio Fermi. And that's all for this edition of Ithaca Now. You can listen to all of our stories on WICB.org. And if you'd like to listen to past shows, follow WICB on SoundCloud and subscribe to Ithaca Now on your favorite podcast app to hear the show anywhere you'd like and the latest to hear our daily newscast every weekday wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search WICB News Presents. For more updates throughout the week, follow us on social media. Search for WICB News on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. This show wouldn't happen without the support from Manager of Television and Radio Operations, Jeremy Minard. WICB Station Manager Sam Ives, Programming Director Lou Barron, News Director Jay Bradley, and Correspondent Antonio Fermi. Thank you. All of the music from our show's intro and outro comes from Dr. Dundiff, 
who hails from Louisville, Kentucky. Have any feedback, story ideas? Just want to say hi? Feel free to reach out by emailing news at wicb.org. We will be back next week with another summer edition of Ithaca Now at 7pm on Sunday. I'm Himadri Seth and thank you for listening to Ithaca Now on WICB.